0: Hearing Voices? I'm Hearing Voices. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. This morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson, another visit with Elizabeth Vargas from News Nation. She's the former host of 2020 and was the co-moderator of the most recent Republican debate. Elizabeth, some time ago you hosted a show called Cults and Belief. Did you learn anything there that is useful when looking at our political beliefs today? what a loaded question um no no
1: that was a series that where we really did deep investigation into various proven religious cults um you know i think some people would say that some of some people Americans are cult like in their belief in some candidates um i will leave that to others i i'm I, i'm hoping that americans will use their brains when they go into uh you know when they go to vote in november um so
0: are you as a as a reporter as a journalist are you surprised though about some of the things that i guess mainstream america would say is goofy that people hold on to so closely i
1: think that people believe what they believe i think it's very difficult to prove somebody's you know to tell somebody you're wrong um, I think it's better just to show, you know, the full story as much as humanly possible. Um, I hope as an, a, you know, this great country that people will think through who they vote for and who they support in both the primaries and in the general election. And, uh, regarding UFOs, there's a lot of, uh, of evidence out there that something's out there. Uh, some astrophysicists are pretty sure about it. We've done a lot of coverage of that story on News Nation, and we had the Senate Majority Leader last week talking about what is the government hiding and why aren't we getting more information. So, I think there's a a real story there
0: as well. Um, Elizabeth Vargas joins us this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. She's with News Nation. You were one of the co-hosts of the debate and, much against my better judgment, I watched most of it. I want to ask, I found it somewhat maddening. Is there anything that could be learned from a journalist's point of view from that debate?
1: I think so. I'm curious why you find
0: it maddening. I think the thing that was most frustrating is the questions oftentimes weren't answered and there was a tendency to interrupt those who were asked to speak and an inability to cut the mics off when people went wrong. Thoughts on any of that?
1: I think that we had far less of that in this fourth debate than we did in this first, second, and third debates. Um, I think we did an effective job of stopping people from interrupting and tried to ask very pointed questions. Twice I asked two questions to Governor DeSantis and he dodged um, both times and unexpectedly, Governor Chris Christie jumped in and pointed out that he was refusing to answer my question, Um, which I think is voters see that. Why isn't he answering her question? Why isn't he answering her question? Why won't he say, you know, Donald Trump is not mentally fit when his own campaign is running ads saying Donald Trump is not mentally fit to be president? Um, So it's an interesting thing. Also, when he refused to specifically answer whether or not he would send American forces into Gaza to rescue American hostages, we made a bit of news uh, when I then after Christy called him out for not answering, I turned to Christy and
0: said, well, would you would you send American troops into Gaza? And he said he would. You're listening to Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. We're available at whtc.com. And rather than any other commercials, we'll simply say we wish you a Merry Christmas on this week before Christmas. How does the way in which as a journalist you cover the year that is about to be going to be different than other years and i'm talking i guess specifically about this election cycle versus other election cycles
1: well we have two presumptive nominees remember they're not nominees yet but two, you know the the current president who 75 percent of democrats wish they had is there is that you i'm here oh i'm hearing music very loud in my ear all of a sudden not me Oh, okay. interesting. Not that, not me. All right. Sorry, I'll pick up. Uh, I think this year we have um, two uh, presumptive nominees. Starting with you know the current president Joe Biden, seventy five percent of Democrats wish they had somebody else. Uh, and then we have Donald Trump, um, who seems to have a pretty firm ceiling on the level of his support as well. So you know the vast majority of Americans, when asked have said, I don't want Trump or Biden on the ballot next November. And yet that looks way at, at this point where we're headed. Um, why, is,
0: why is that? Why can't we do, quote unquote, better or different?
1: You know, it is really hard to challenge these people and to run for office in this country and to not have, uh, you know, the Democratic Party has decided to coalesce behind Joe Biden, the current you know incumbent. We see a little bit of resentment from the Trump camp that the Republican Party isn't coalescing around him. That's why he's not showing up to these debates. He doesn't feel he should have to show up to the debates. Um, he feels everybody should just fall in line behind him. Um, and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens in these primaries and these caucuses coming up to see if he if his support continues and his supporters continue to show up and and vote for him and support him in the way that the polls show that they do. Um But I don't know. I, you know, listen, and a lot can change in the next 11 months. You know, one of these guys could trip and fall and hit their head. Uh, Donald Trump could get convicted of a felony. Do you want to vote for a convicted felon? Uh, A lot of polls show that Republicans might, uh, the support begins waning at that point. So who knows what might happen? A lot can happen.
0: Two final questions for Elizabeth Vargas this morning on Hearing Voices with Scott Watson. Uh, 30 seconds on News Nation. How's it going with the new network? It's going great. It's
1: brand new. You know, we're less than a year old um, and uh, really aiming to serve sort of the moderate majority in the middle, um, center right, center left voters who feel like, you know, nobody's talking to them. Uh, cable, The cable news landscape is pretty extreme, far, far right or far, far left. And we're hoping to occupy the space in the middle. But, you know. It's a it's a challenge, um, as any brand new cable news network, you know, the history will show you. Fox News had the same challenges. CNN way back before uh, had the same challenges. It doesn't happen overnight.
0: It is the week before Christmas. Let's get to the really important stuff. What does Christmas look like at your house? Is there a favorite cookie, a favorite tradition that we should all know about?
1: Oh, you know... My sons and I have we have all sorts of Christmas traditions. I get very emotional at Christmas time. I love Christmas. Um, we love to put up a tree. Um, we you know have a whole Sunday morning routine and then a big Christmas dinner. I always go to you know Christmas Mass on Christmas Eve because, I don't know. I just love Christmas Eve. I think that's my favorite part of the whole thing, the sort of anticipation and the quiet before the storm of Christmas Day. But it's just being with family. And um, I'm so grateful to be with both of my children. I never like traveling for Christmas. I really like being home for Christmas.
0: Thanks so much for your time today on Hearing Voices.
1: Thank you. And happy holidays to you. I hope it's a wonderful Christmas for you as well.